We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's that time. Football is back. We have been hyping it. I feel like I've been talking about it for, for months now on XM. Um, but yeah, very pumped to have my buddy Keith Eisner back to talk week one NFL. We're live on YouTube this year. Um, for anyone that just listens to our NFL podcast, feel free to hang out with us. Wednesday nights times will be different. It'd be anywhere from like 10 to 11 is when we get rolling here. But uh, if you're new and you only listen to the football podcast, we're live on YouTube now. So welcome. Come hang out with us and chat. Um, Keith week one upon us, some interesting games, some weather. Um, it feels like a, a, a legit week one. Yeah, absolutely. Extremely excited for football. Uh, Spencer Strider blew up the baseball lineups tonight. So even more excited to get into some, some football content um super exciting year ahead and we'll we'll discuss the changes obviously we're, we're we think we know everything going into week one and then uh the, they start the games and things that we think are going to happen do not happen at all so it's it's a very good week to get different early in the season same same with next week we'll, we'll get into that as well but 
uh, definitely don't be afraid to differentiate from the crowd in week one is what I would say. Nailed the bats as far as baseball. <laughs> um, and just, I, I talked about, it. I was going to play Strider on all three teams and I did. And it just, um, it didn't work out. I mean, and it happens and that's baseball and variance, but um, yeah, I'm very, very happy uh, to talk some football today for sure. Like I have been, Working on football content, I, I feel like since like Tuesday morning. Um, I, I don't think I've left this chair. My wife found me asleep in my chair the other day. Um, <laughs> so uh, just just throwing it out there. But yeah, I mean, I'm pumped that football's back, ready to break this down. I mean, you know, we're going to go game by game like we always have. Uh, we're getting some people hanging out with us on YouTube. What's up, YouTube? Hope you're having a fantastic Wednesday night. Uh, Keith, it is Wednesday night. First injury report of the season came out. Uh, a couple hours ago. So we have an idea of like who may not play. We know Cooper cup is out. I think that's the biggest one right now. Um, the first game we're going to talk about is a Cincinnati game, Joe Burrow looking like he's going to play. So I think the, you know, that's one of the big ones we're watching news wise, but I think Cooper cup coming out today. And I mean, him getting ruled out is definitely something we're going to talk about when we get into that game. So let's jump in. Let's get started. Cincinnati at Cleveland. This game has a 47 total. Cincinnati is a three-point favorite. I wrote these odds down this morning, so if I'm off on any of these odds, that's why, because I'm seeing right now Cincinnati is minus two and a half, so uh, bear with me on that. Um, let's get into it. Let's start Cincinnati side of this game. It sounds like Joe, Bur Joe Burrow is going to play. He practiced fully on Wednesday. I think that's all we kind of needed to see this early in the week for us to kind of expect him to be in this game, um, what are you looking at here for Cincinnati today? Yeah, I mean, obviously one of the best passing offenses in the NFL. we got um, Denzel Ward, the Browns' top co uh, cover guy, is in concussion protocol, so he's questionable to play. If he misses, I mean, we're excited about the Bengals anyway. They're, they're going to be one of the best DFS targets all season long um, with the elite talent they have at the quarterback and wide receiver positions. Um, but Ward missing would be a, a decent – boost here um I, i'm fully expecting burrow to play in this one uh jamar chase is is my first lean here obviously one of, one of the best wide receivers in the nfl um he's expensive but a little bit cheaper than tyreek hill and justin jefferson who we're going to talk a lot about as well um not really scared of this this browns defense um even if ward does play so so chase very very squarely in play higgins is kind of that forgotten guy who who can put up monster weeks so um definitely want to double stack Burrow with the, the two premium wide receivers and, and also just fade Jamar Chase in case he has a down game. And, and Higgins is a guy that goes for two touchdowns. Um, definitely very excited about the passing game in this one. Irv Smith, I think the price tag needs to be noted here, 3,600 at the tight end position. A, a new situation here with Cincinnati um, move, moving on from um, I'm, I'm losing his name now, but the, the guy they had last year, Hurst is gone, uh, Irv Smith coming in. So a, a new addition to this offense, only 3,600 in a, in an offense that passes it at one of the absolute highest rates in the NFL, certainly interested in cheap tight ends all the time. Joe Mixon, like just seeing what we saw from him last year, it, it's really tough to want to get on board with Mixon here. Um, he didn't have much of a passing game role last year, which is a, a, Huge downgrade to his fantasy value, obviously. Um, P. Ryan is gone. He's now in Denver. So is there going to be a second back that steps up and takes that that passing down role? Or do we see Mixon move more into uh, the role of the bell cow, which is something we obviously love to target? 
I think just because of the uncertainty around the position, you can take some shots on Mixon, but I'm I'm not all that thrilled about Mixon. It's it's really the passing game for the Bengals for me. Again, it's Wednesday. Um, when we start talking about any kind of like projected ownership, stuff's gonna shift all week. Um, so if you are a premium member and you have access to like projected ownership, you're gonna see stuff shift all week. I love Mixon this week. He is currently projected from five to eight percent on almost everywhere I've looked. And dude, I mean, like this is a top ten running back last year as far as fantasy points per game. I mean, like you know, obviously, did he have the same production he did um, a couple years ago? No, he didn't. But I mean, he, his opportunity share is still seventy four percent last year. It was seventh best. Um, his targets, you mentioned, like how he wasn't too involved. He had 74 targets last year, seventh most amount run running backs. So we, I mean, looking at like the Cleveland side of things, they didn't change much on like that defensive front. They were one of the worst run defenses in the league last year. They allowed 146 rushing yards per game. So this is a dude that was sixth in red zone touches last year, seventh in fantasy points per game, just kind of going overlooked in a matchup where like, I don't know how good this Cleveland offense is going to be. Yeah, I, I expect Watson to be better this year. But, I mean, his options, like he's throwing the ball to Cooper or Amari Cooper and Njoku. I mean, he still doesn't have, like, elite, young, wide receiver talent. So, in Cincinnati, get up in this game. Joe Burrow, the, the you know, the, the old-fashioned um, calf injury. Like, maybe Mixon gets 18 to 22 touches in this game at 6,800 at 5% ownership. Um, so those are the type of guys that I really like to look for in week one. I have a ton of interest in Burrow. I have a ton of interest in Chase. Obviously, like Jamar Chase should be at the top of our wide receiver list every single week. So do we have option like interest in him? Of course. I just think Mixon's kind of going overlooked here in week one. And we see this a lot in week one. People get locked in on stuff. He wasn't drafted a, a really high in best balls. And that's like in people's heads. But I mean, this is a great matchup for him. So um, I think Mixon's very much in play. I think it's really interesting here. Um, going to the Cleveland side, you know, Cincinnati, they stopped the run really well last year. Um, they really struggle with the pass. If we're going Burrow and Chase, I mean, we can run it back with Cooper. We can run it back with Peoples-Jones. I don't know what the role for Elijah Moore is going to be here. Um, but I mean, this is a cheap wide receiver three people's jones is a cheap wide receiver too joku is a cheap tight end like if we're expecting cincinnati to be up in this game and we're going to be playing catch up for cleveland i think we have to look at some of this passing game i don't love nick chubb this week he's kind of pricey for me i'm kind of looking for some value if i'm not going up to like mccaffrey or eckler so like chubb probably not going to make a lot of teams for me this week if any um but a lot of interest in people jones cooper and njoku on runbacks i don't think i'm playing watson uh what are your thoughts on cleveland yeah very similar thoughts uh, i'll start with nick chubb just he's he's priced up cincinnati defended the run well like you mentioned and i just expect them to be trailing in this game cincinnati's in contention for a super bowl Cleveland's going to need a lot of things to go right just to be a playoff team this season. So I feel like Cincinnati should be up in this game. Maybe Burrow's a little bit limited and Cleveland keeps it closer than expected. I will say that the spread is a little bit closer than I expected it to be. Um, two and a half or three, where whatever book you're looking at, like that's, that's pretty close. I know Cleveland's the home team here, so they're getting a couple of points for that. But still, I, I think Cincinnati is the far superior team, and that's how I'm going to play this. That that takes me off of Chubb. He's not a guy who's involved in the passing game. 
you really want him in a positive game script. And I don't see that here for Cleveland. Um, Watson is cheap. So I do have some interest here. Um, I think playing Mixon and then running it back with the Browns passing game is, is very viable. Um, Watson at just 6K. I know he had a really rough year last year. Um, obviously, he was dealing with all kinds of off-the-field stuff. Brand new system for him. I feel like we're going to see a step forward for him. Uh, I've heard lots of people say that they expect him to be back to like Texans-type production. I don't know if I if we see quite that much, but I think we definitely see a step up from last year. Um, I'm very interested in the, in the receivers here. Amari Cooper being the primary guy, and I would put Njoku second on that list. Um, Elijah Moore is kind of early in it's Wednesday. Obviously ownership is, is changing throughout the week, but right now Elijah Moore is projecting as one of the most popular wide receivers on the slate. And you nailed it. Like we don't know what his role is going to be. We've seen people's Jones run ahead of him in practice and preseason um, throughout the off season here. So I, I would be way underweight on Elijah Moore. I know he's really cheap, but it's week one. We can find plenty of value in other spots. So playing the chalk value is not something I'm interested in doing. Uh, that that reason alone takes me off of Elijah Moore, but Omari Cooper is, is somebody that I love on this slate, and then in Joku at, at forty two hundred could be a, a huge part of this offense as well. Tight ends not a position that I necessarily love this week. I mean, um, obviously, if Kelsey plays, he's on the Thursday slate. Um, so I, I think like overall, this is just one of those like tight end slates where it's kind of wide open. Um, people are going to be looking for value. Really cheap tight ends always do on week one. Um, so yeah, I think Najoku is really interesting. And I mean, Amari Cooper for a wide receiver one in a game where they should be trailing is actually kind of cheap. Um, so, you know, we should probably have more interest in Amari Cooper, uh, just in general, but I mean, for what it's worth, like people's Jones absolutely lit up Cincinnati with, um, Watson at the end of last year, I think it was like week 13 or 14. It was the only game that Watson threw for over 250 yards last year. Um, so, and people's Jones was on the, a lot of that receiving end of that game. So, all right, moving on Arizona at Washington 38 and a half total. And uh, this one trying to check really quick. Yeah. Washington still seven point favorite in this one. Um, Arizona uh, Kyle Murray out or Kyler Murray out um, and McCoy cut. We're looking at Joshua Dobbs is expected to start. Um, one of the first things I did this week was jump on Joshua Dobbs under 210 passing yards. Um, and projection models love that one. So for what it's worth, if you are in um, betting spots or um, even if you're in pick some of the pick sites still have him at a 210 projection. And I like less than that over there as well. So um, honestly, I don't have a ton of interest in Arizona offense at all this week. Um, I mean, there's obviously a little upside depending on like, does Ertz play? If he's out, maybe we take some shots on Trey McBride because he's a cheap tight end. But I mean, I don't even have a ton of interest in Connor and I probably should. What are your thoughts on Arizona? Yeah, no interest in the passing game whatsoever for me. I mean, Josh Dobbs is just a journeyman at this point. Arizona is completely punting this season. So like they're... They're the worst uh, roster in the NFL, and it's not even particularly close. This is one of the worst rosters we've seen in a long time. Like, compare it to, like, the Texans for, from the past couple of years. Like, this this roster is significantly worse than that. Uh, the only player I'm interested in is James Conner. Um, 
just the price tag, like bell cow running backs are very hard to find in this spot. And you look at what they have behind James Conner. There's nothing to be excited about here. So no matter the game script, Connor's a guy that we've seen have success out of the backfield. You, you know, he's going to have that goal line role, which is, is so important. Um, I don't know if they even score a touchdown here. So it's lukewarm interest. Um, but James Connor's role is something I, I do have some interest in, but a shutout would not surprise me here. What I thought was interesting last year is he didn't get as much red zone work as we kind of projected him to throughout the year. I think he was like 36 among running backs and red zone touches. And I think it just goes back to the offense wasn't great last year. We don't expect them to be getting to the red zone. is Yeah, I know that's the problem. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, who knows? It's it, it. We should note that like they do have a new head coach, a new offensive coordinator. We don't know what the system's going to look like for Arizona in general. Um, I think it's one of the biggest question marks coming into the season. But I mean, Joshua Dobbs is the quarterback. So, um, I mean, I feel like my worry with Connor. I love the price. Uh, my worry with Connor is if you're Washington, how don't you just be like stack the box? Yeah, make make Joshua Dobbs beat us, um, kind of thing. And Connor. He can catch the balls out of the backfield too. Um, so, I mean, like his upside is there. Like he can go out and get eight catches in this game and score 25 fantasy points. So and maybe I maybe I should have more interest in Connor. As far as Washington is concerned, they have a new offensive coordinator. Um, it's to do with the um, Chiefs, but he never called plays for the Chiefs. Because uh, the enemy. Always... Yeah, yeah, Eric. Um, yep, yep. Um, Washington side of the ball here. I mean, coming into the season, I'm very high on Hal for what it's worth. Um, I just don't know how much I want to play him this week. I will note like McLaurin limited. Um, I mean, he's getting close. I think he's a legit question mark coming in to this weekend. If he were to sit, I mean, Dotson at 5k is nice. Kind of like Robinson and the Washington defensive pairing this week. Um, I think that's actually going to be kind of popular. But Robinson to finish last year, like he three of his last four games to finish the year, he had 20 plus carries, um, which is a great sign coming into this year. Um, it's again week one, but let's talk Washington. I I was in Discord. If you're not in the Roto Grinders Discord, you should be. I don't know why not. Um, a lot of our channels are free now. So get in there. Uh, very easy to find the link. Just go to Roto Grinders and click to the Discord button. But I was in Discord earlier today, and like, there's like three questions within like an hour period of like playing Hal at at quarterback in cash games. So I'm just interested to hear your thoughts here on Washington, and just kind of touch on like, I don't play a lot of cash games. I probably won't play cash games at all. Um, I like Hal. Like I said, coming into the season, I think he's really solid. But I don't know how much I love the idea of playing Hal at cash quarterback this week. Yeah, so I, I think it's the price, and in particular, the DraftKings price. I think this is a, a DraftKings cash question. You're not considering him in FanDuel on FanDuel cash. Like, you're just you're going up to Lamar or Hertz for FanDuel cash. I think that's, that's the move. On DraftKings, it's a little bit of a different story. Um, he's only 4,900. Like, that is extremely cheap for a quarterback. Um there is another quarterback in this range I think you can consider as well. But what that allows you to do is to pay up for like three of Eckler or McCaffrey, Jefferson or and or Tyreek Hill. Like there, there are viable reasons to go down to Sam Howell um, for cash games on DraftKings. Just my, my early thoughts. Obviously, I haven't fully 
formulated my plan for this week. But as, as I was building lineups in, in preparation for the show and things like that, Sam Howell is definitely somebody I'm considering for cash games on DraftKings only just because of the price. Uh, and it's it allows you to get those three like extreme high volume studs into your lineup. Um, so for that reason, he's in play for me. Um, just overall thoughts on, on the Washington offense. McLaurin said he's going to play. Like it's turf toe that he's dealing with, and that's an injury that is just it, it can stick around for multiple weeks. So I have no interest in McLaurin. Um, just going back to to Howell real quick, he does bring that that rushing floor as well. So as far as being like a, a guy that should score twelve points for you at forty nine hundred, um, just that rushing floor like really makes him pretty safe for cash games in my opinion. No interest in McLaurin though um, with this injury that he's dealing with. If he's out, I, I love Dotson at that price, um, a guy who showed he could do a lot of things last season. This Arizona defense is atrocious. Like There should not be much resistance here. It's just how how often are they they pushing the pace. Um, but Dotson, if he was the number one wide receiver here at 5K, I would have a ton of interest. Um, outside of that, like I, I don't – like I'm definitely not playing McLaurin. I'm not that interested in Samuel – um so really it's it's Dotson for me it's lukewarm if it's if McLaurin is out there it, it's significant if McLaurin sits the running game uh Brian Robinson is is definitely somebody I have a ton of interest in like Washington could be up significantly at the half like it could be 24 to nothing going into the half and all they do in the second half is turn around and hand it off to Brian Robinson so very interested in Brian Robinson I think the the Washington defense is going to be the chalk play of the slate. So I, I'd probably try to get away from that in tournaments. The only, only way I would play it is like you said, pairing it with Robinson. Um, but as far as just playing the Washington defense by themselves, not something I want to do. Uh, defensive scoring is very hard to predict. So anytime a defense is, is getting chalky, which this, I think this Washington defense will be, um, I try to stay away from that unless I'm, I'm using the running back in the stack as well. Uh, Richie in chat says, don't sleep on Diami Brown at 3K. Him and um, Hal play together at UNC. Um, I would need McLaurin to be out before I would get to Brown. I would play Dotson and Samuel before I would play um, Brown. But I will say, Logan Thomas's price is really nice. Um, like, if you are in the game of, like, you know, trying a really cheap stack, I don't hate the Hal Thomas stack. It's really cheap. You could you could load up on like a game inside a game with like two wide receivers, three wide receivers even um, because you're playing a tight end and just kind of go for like a full-on game stack um, of another game. So Logan Thomas's price is nice. He's always hurt. So, I mean, with him being healthy coming into this game, he's just someone that I have on my list at tight end. Um. That game's over. Let's move on. We got Tennessee at New Orleans. One of my favorite games this week. I'm not going to lie. I like this game a lot. Um, this one has a 41 and a half total. New Orleans, a three-point favorite. And this one started the Tennessee side of uh, this game. Not too much changes here for Tennessee outside of the biggest one. Um, DeAndre Hopkins coming over. And we have no idea kind of idea what kind of role we're going to see from Hopkins this week. I mean, we all kind of expect him to be the alpha wide receiver one here. Um, he is getting later in his career. Traylon Burks really kind of stepped it up towards the end of last year. Um, what are we doing with Tennessee this week? Yeah, Tennessee's a tough one for me to figure out. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I don't want to play Tannehill. 
but I'm not ruling out the wide receivers. I, I do have running uh, interest in the tight end and running back position, but just going to the wide receivers because I, I don't think I see a reason to play Tannehill. Like he's just not cheap enough to where it provides enough value. I think I can find more upside in this range. Um, we don't know what Hopkins target share is going to look like the presence of Traylon Burks, obviously. Um, is he going to get to that 30% mark that we've seen throughout most of his career? I'm not sure about that. He is coming in low owned. Uh, New Orleans is a, is a pretty solid defense. So, um, and Tennessee has been an extremely run heavy team over the past several seasons. So I think I'm going to take a wait and see rep- uh, approach on Hopkins that may change if he continues to stay under 5% here. I might end up um, going like 15 or 20% in my build. Right now, I'm I'm not on Hopkins. I think I would just rather save the money and, and go to the cheap tight end in Chigakonkwo. Um, like, saw him have some big games last week. Uh, he's 3,800. We're looking to save money at tight end all the time. So I think he's very much in play. Um, and then the other thing is, is Derrick Henry, obviously. Um, he's been the workhorse here in this offense for several years. Um, like, Tennessee is underdogs here. We don't generally like to play Derrick Henry as a road underdog. Um, but I'm not that sold on this New Orleans team. Um, I, I could see Tennessee playing from ahead in this spot. Um, so I, I do have a little bit of interest in Derrick Henry. The ownership on him looks looks really nice here. Uh, it's early in the season. Aging running backs, as, as they start to get up there in age, we know they break down. So early in the season is when you want to play these guys. Henry has immense upside. So even though he's a road underdog, I still have some interest in Derrick Henry here. Yeah, I think I'll, I, I'm with you. I don't think I um, get... Tannehill in builds um I like the tight end call like I mean I'll take some shots on Hopkins and I'll take some shots on Burks I'll play some Henry I have a ton of interest in Derek Carr this week um let's just talk about that like like oh and we should have noted like really quick that Tennessee has a new offensive coordinator Tim Kelly um everything I've read is like he might throw the ball a little bit more that's not really a huge statement though because Tennessee ran the ball so much so like I mean, anybody is probably going to throw the ball a little bit more when you run the ball as much as they did. So uh, it's just something to kind of note and remember in the back of our head that like they might throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, The New Orleans side. I I mean, this is one of the worst pass defenses in the league. Tennessee just could not stop the pass last year. 290 passing yards per game, highest in the NFL. They struggled and struggled. Derek Carr likes to lock in on a guy. Um, I don't think that guy is going to be Michael Thomas. I really think the guy is going to be Chris Olave. This dude is super uber, uber talented. We've talked about him a lot last year and just kind of didn't have anyone to throw him the football. As much as we want to like hate on Derek Carr, this dude can throw the guy a football. Um, I think this is a great spot for Alave. Derek Carr is like the same price as Hal, and I like Derek Carr more. I think this game has way more chance to, I wouldn't say shoot out, but be competitive longer um, and just be a close game. Dude, this game's in New Orleans. You got those fans, you know, that who that nation. Like, I, I mean, everything for me this week is kind of lining up Derek Carr, Chris Olave. Um, especially like Keith, we got to remember in the back of our heads too. Jamal Williams is gonna be chalk. Kamara is suspended. D- Jamal Williams is gonna be chalk. Um, and I'm not saying that Jamal Williams is a bad play by any means, but I will say. As bad as they are against the pass, this team was really good against the run. They're a very pass-heavy funnel. Um, I love the pivot of Car Alave off of Williams. Will I play some Williams? Sure, I will. Um, he's too cheap not to have some exposure to. But, dude, um, what are your thoughts here on the Saints? 
I'm, I'm laughing over here because you took exactly what I wanted to say about this game. Yes, that's the best part <laughs> and, about hosting. And just absolutely <laughs> nailed it. I mean, Jamal Williams projected as chalk. Jamal Williams is a talented running back, but he's not an explosive guy. Like, I, I'm perfectly fine fading Jamal Williams. Could he shove it in my face with three touchdowns? Of course he could. It, it's like touchdown variance is something that we're going to deal with. Um, but as projecting as, as one of the highest running backs on the slate, the obvious move, we're in a dome here. They have an upgrade at quarterback, and Chris Olave looked like an absolute stud last year. I'm I'm really concerned about his ownership now. Um, I think a lot of people are going to see this this same pivot. Currently projected for 14%, which I'm not not scared about at all. If he starts to creep up into that 20%, obviously like that's a little more concerning. Um, but I'm with you. It's very clearly Olave over Michael Thomas for me. Like I think Thomas is. He just doesn't have much left. He has not been healthy in years. Like once upon a time, one of the best receivers in, in the NFL. But Olave is is the new thing with with all the talent in the world. I absolutely love the Chris Olave call. He's one of my favorite wide receivers on the entire slate. Um, I, I like if you want to double stack it, I'd go to Juwan Johnson as a, another cheap tight end before I went to Michael Thomas. I just I don't think. And this could be wrong. Like we we think we know things week one, and it could be entirely wrong. Michael Thomas could dominate the target share in this offense for all we know. Uh, but my current lean right now is that Chris Olave is the more talented wide receiver. He's definitely the more explosive wide receiver. Even when Michael Thomas was an elite wide receiver in the NFL, he was he was a volume guy. Like he got fed ten to twelve targets a game, and that's how he got there. Olave is the guy that can win downfield. And you touched on this Tennessee defense; their secondary is awful. Um, like Olave getting deep in this in this game is one of my favorite bets, like of the entire slate. So Olave is is the guy here. I'll I'll probably end up underweight on Jamal Williams. Um, no real interest in Michael Thomas, and I'll I'll add a little bit of Juwan Johnson in there. Yeah, I, I I definitely think I will build like a couple like hedge car Thomas teams uh, because I, I'm going to play a bunch of car, and I don't want like to lock in just on Olave in those stacks. Like I'll, I'll play some car Olave Johnson and I'll play some car Thomas, but one of my main stacks this week is going to be car Olave. Um, the only thing is it's like trying to figure out who to run it back with Tennessee. Um, I mean, that's, that's the biggest concern. And the other thing that worries me about Jamal, Jamal Williams here is like, who's to say that like Taysom Hill doesn't get the ball within the five. Um, yeah, I, I mean, point. they have so many like scripted plays for him. So uh, that's my only other concern. But listen, I get it. I, I, I get it completely as far as Jamal Williams. He doesn't really have anyone behind him. Uh, Miller's banged up. And we know like Miller didn't practice Wednesday either. Like so Jamal Williams might play like 80% of the snaps week one at 5,100. So like I, I get it. Like this guy falls in the end zone one time. He hits his he hits his value here because he's going to get the carries and stuff. So I get why he's popular. Houston at Baltimore, 43 and a half total. Baltimore is a 10-point favorite. Really quickly checking. Yeah, they're still a 10-point favorite. I'm not shocked. Um, new head coach and offensive coordinator, for what it's worth, for Houston. Um, I mean, Baltimore defense is solid. What are we doing here with Houston? We got a rookie quarterback week one against one of the best defenses in the league. Um, any interest here in Houston? No interest in Houston for me. Um, like I just CJ Stroud making his debut. 
Damian Pierce coming off of a of the injury. Like I, I just I don't think there's anything to be excited about here. Baltimore, big big home favorites. I, I think we see a route here. Yeah, I mean, I kind of wanted to see a little bit more CJ Stroud in um preseason. They didn't really play him too much. Like I would have loved to see him get a couple like halves just to kind of get rid of like get used to like the pace of the NFL. Um, he's cheap, but I mean, we have like guys that we kind of know what the production is going to look like. Um, I would play Carr and Baker Mayfield and probably Hal before I'd play Stroud this week. Um, and I do think they'll be trailing. So like, if you are on like a Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, like stack, I don't think like a Dalton Schultz or like a Nico Collins run back is the craziest thing. Um, Nico Collins, when like he was healthy last year, produced at a very high rate, like had a lot of targets, was able to have some big plays, score some touchdowns or like, I think he only two touchdowns, but like he had, he had upside. So if you don't hate that, I would prefer him over Robert Woods. I'd actually probably prefer like tank Dell over Robert Woods um, price wise. So uh, Dalton shots, Nico Collins on my like Baltimore stacks. I mean, the Baltimore side of this game, um, the Houston defense is awful. <laughs> we have a new offensive coordinator in Baltimore, and you know there there is reports that like they want to throw the ball more. Um, which I think if they do throw the ball more, it's good for like Mark Andrews. I know a lot of people will say like Zay Flowers and Rashard Bateman and Odell Beckham, and okay, I hear all that, but like we know who Lamar wants to throw the ball to. It's Mark Andrews. Um, so uh, Keith, I mean. I'm never going to tell you not to stack Lamar. Um, like his, his rushing upside is massive. Um, he has upside to score 40 plus fantasy points. I think those 40 plus fantasy points are in games that are close though. My concern is this is a three quarter game for Lamar. I have a little bit of that concern as well. Um, the problem is he might score 40 points in three quarters. He might. Uh, like so i still have interest here um i do have blowout concerns though definitely the thing that i think might keep it like bateman has been on the the injury report all all preseason um he he is off and they said he would play in week one but i i'm still concerned about how much bateman is playing so i'm not going to bateman i don't know how much odell beckham has left in the tank um i don't think i'm going to odell beckham mark andrews is dealing with a quad injury it sounds like he's going to play as well. I don't think they would run him out here. Like likely is a very fine backup to Mark Andrews. There is no reason for them to rush Mark Andrews back for this game. They should win handily. They don't need him to win this game, right? So Mark Andrews isn't going to be on the field, in my opinion, unless he's he's fully good to go. So Andrews is is my favorite option here in in the passing game um, as a stacking partner with Lamar. I think you're you're totally fine to take some shots on likely just in case Andrews is kind of on a pitch count like I expect Rashad Bateman to be. Um, likely is only 3K. We're showing absolutely no ownership for him at all at this point. Um, but Zay Flowers, I think, is is my favorite cheap option. Um, he might see the field more than Odell Beckham and, and Rashad Bateman. He could be the wide receiver one here as they ease Bateman and Beckham into this offense. Like Bateman's been hurt for basically the last two years. Um, Odell is obviously dealt with two nasty knee injuries like i could see zay flowers being the guy that gets the majority of the targets in the spot and he's 4k against a really bad defense so zay flowers is one of those pivots that i i love um 
off of Elijah Moore in Cleveland, just because we don't know what his role is going to be either. It wouldn't surprise me if he saw the field more than Elijah Moore and he, he has a better matchup. So Zay Flowers is, is my main target here. I'll, I'll play some Andrews as well. Um, and, and sprinkle, I mean, super large field only sprinkle in some likely. Like, I mean, Zay Flowers, I think is my favorite outside of Andrews. Um, I I don't think Beckham plays more than like 60% of the snaps. I think he's going to be yep. closer to like 40 or 50. They have Nelson Aguilar as well. So they could, you know, they could use him as well in this offense, just kind of giving Odell Beckham and Bateman some, some rest on the inside there. So I don't know what to expect from Odell Beckham. I think we are all kind of, kind of questioning what to expect from Odell Beckham in general. Um, we know like in his prime, he was extremely talented. Um, but yeah, two big injuries. It wasn't like easy injuries too. They were like two big injuries. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to kind of see. I mean, I, I root for guys to come back and, and do well um, off injuries. So uh, San Francisco at Pittsburgh. J.K. Dobbins needs to be mentioned. Like, oh, yeah. If, I mean, if, we, if we're expecting a blowout here, J.K. Yeah. Dobbins could see a ton of work. So um, right now we're showing like no ownership. Everybody's excited about the, the Ravens potentially being more pass heavy. But if they're up three touchdowns, like they're, they're just going to be handing off to Dobbins and Edwards. Like Dobbins very much in play for me. Yeah, we definitely should have mentioned they're 27th in DVOA against the run last year. And a Dobbins-Baltimore defense stack is not out of the question in this game. Agree. Yep. Rookie quarterback. Yeah, you know, love that. Rookie quarterback. Love those rookie quarterbacks that are going to try to force stuff. Um, and, I mean, that's pick six all upside all the time. So. Uh, San Francisco at Pittsburgh, 40 and a half total. The 49ers, a two and a half point favorite in this game. We'll start with the 49ers. Um, obviously, they got Christian McCaffrey, you know, came over and we saw his production go back to like Cam Newton days. I, I think that's the best way to say it. Um, just didn't really get going with Carolina um, and just was the whole offense basically. Came into an offense where, I mean, there's a ton of upside here. Like, Brock Purdy moved the ball. They had some big games. Um, Low total in this game. 40 and a half. One of the lower totals that we have on the entire slate. What are your thoughts here on the 49ers? Yeah, I'm not that excited about – like, I'm definitely not playing Brock Purdy. Um, as far as McCaffrey goes, if I'm spending up, I prefer Eckler. Um, but McCaffrey obviously has slate breaking upside in, in any game. So you, you can certainly consider him as well, but I do prefer Eckler as my top spend up of the week. Um, I'm just not excited about a, a Brock party led passing game. I know they had some, some really strong games there at the end of last year. Um, I think if I'm like, I'm not stacking with Purdy, so I'm, I'm just trying to single out one play that I like here. I think my favorite play would be Brandon Ayuk. Um, we saw him have some, some big blow up games last year. He's 4,900, 600 cheaper than Debo. Uh, Kittle is constantly dealing with injuries. So I'm probably all set on that, um, until we get a little bit of a discount on him at least. Um, so I, I, you get 4,900, I think would be my target if I was looking in San Francisco passing game and then obviously sprinkle in some McCaffrey. Yeah, he was dealing with like a, a shoulder injury and now he's dealing with like a groin injury. It's not been a good time for George Kittle. Um, right this preseason so he's he's expensive too like he's the third i think yeah third highest price tight end on DraftKings. um i've done a lot of my dk stuff i haven't done a lot of my FanDuel stuff so typically i will have an idea of both sides but not today um 
Yeah, I mean, Ayuk would be my favorite too. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is my favorite. Like, yeah. I don't want that to get lost. Like, this guy has 30-plus point upside. Um, he's a guy that can get eight targets and, and 15 to 20 carries in a game. Like, he can touch the ball more than anybody else in on the slate. So, um, yeah, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, I think he has the highest ceiling. The other concern is, like, Elijah Mitchell is healthy. You know, they can work him in to save McCaffrey a little bit in this game. But, yeah, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is the ceiling guy, in my opinion. Um, I do like the IU call at 4,900. Pittsburgh side of this game, I mean, this is a fantastic defense. Um, I mean, just a, a team that really just kind of shut down a lot of aspects last year was the 49ers. Um, any interest in Pittsburgh? So Joey Bosa signed his contract, which is a huge deal. Um, probably the best pass rusher in the NFL. He is now the highest played defensive player in the NFL. So good good for him. Glad they got that deal done. That basically means I have zero interest in Pittsburgh. Um, like Bosa is a, is a game changer. He's a difference maker. Um, I'm not super high on this Pittsburgh offense. Like Najee Harris saw his passing down work. Uh, siphoned off to Jalen Warren a little bit. So he's no longer like the super bell cow here. Um, the wide receiver room, they added Allen Robinson. Not that I think he's a huge threat. You could certainly play some, some Pickens or Deontay Johnson here. I just, I don't think I'm, I'm game stacking this necessarily. I'm like maybe as a, a mini stack um, Pete Fryer move, I, I think might be my, the my favorite Pittsburgh option, 4,100, just another cheap tight end to throw some darts at, um, but like the IU Friar move is probably how I will play this game, and I, I won't go beyond more than two players in this game. Um, I think you could take um, – honestly, I think you could take defenses in this game if you wanted to on either side. Yeah. Um, I don't hate either side defense. I will say, like, looking at it earlier, um, DK, DK-wise, Johnson and Pickens combined – only had one fantasy game over 20 fantasy points last year. Um, so their ceiling is just not massive. Like, and it was 20, it was 20 on the dot. It was a 10 for 10, 98 yard game with like a rushing attempt for Deontay Johnson. And he, he scored 20 exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall, just not a ton of ceiling. Like Najee Harris is not my favorite like ceiling guy. This is an extremely tough matchup for him. I think if I was going to take a shot on anybody, it'd probably be Pickens, but him and Johnson are so close price-wise. Um, I mean, Fairmuth, like you said, if you wanted to go in that 4K range and take a shot. But overall, I mean, just not a game that I'm like excited. Let's get to a game that is a little bit more exciting because that one wasn't that exciting, but this one is, um, we got a couple good games here in a row. We got Jacksonville at Indiana or Indianapolis. Sorry. Um, we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 45 and a half total in this game. Jacksonville, a four and a half point favorite. One of the games I feel like I'm looking forward to watching the most um, is this game because I am very invested in Calvin Ridley, best ball wise. Um, I drafted early. I drafted before he got way too crazy. Um, I've already hit his receiving prop this week. Um, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm in it, man. I'm in it. But let's talk Jacksonville first. Um, the the Colts defense is not great. Um I don't know if their offense is great either. That's the one thing that is a little concerning for me. I think the Jags put it on the Colts this week. Um, I think we're going to see a big game from Trevor Lawrence. It's kind of in that like mid-tier range price-wise. Um, I, I love the Calvin Ridley, Trevor Lawrence like pairing. I don't think we want to forget about Christian Kirk. I don't think we want to forget about Evan Ingram. And I don't think we want to forget about um, ETN. I think that this is a spot. This game's indoors. It's on the turf. Yeah. I think this game has a lot of potential to go over 45 and a half. If Anthony Richardson can move the football. Um, what are your thoughts on the Jags? Yeah, I'm highly interested in, in this Jags offense. I think it's going to be an offense that, that we target all season long. It kind of reminds me of the early days of this, this Bengals core that's been coming up. Talented quarterback, talented receivers, good running back. And, the, and then they have a, an explosive tight end as well. The addition to Calvin, of Calvin Ridley to this offense is what could really make it go. It should kick Christian Kirk back into the slot where he is extremely dangerous. And we've seen, we saw Calvin Ridley win on the outside all the time with Atlanta uh, when Matt Ryan was throwing him the football. So I'm super excited about Calvin Ridley. I, I love that, the over bet that you talked about. I feel like you're going to be a little bit upset with me when we get to this this morning grind game here at the end. You've been I wrote two down two, two <laughs> things for every question for what it's worth on the morning <laughs> okay. grind game. I know, there are two spots that you've mentioned already that you love, and both of them are just a, a spoiler alert. We might, we might talk about them again at the end of the podcast here. Uh, but Calvin Ridley, a guy I'm super high on this year. Uh, I believe in the talent of Trevor Lawrence. No resistance on the other side from from this NDD uh, in the dome, like you mentioned. So super excited about this Jacksonville team. Um, Ridley and Ingram would be my top two here. Uh, I think you could double stack them with Lawrence, and there's plenty of upside in this matchup. Um, probably need Indy to, to be able to keep it keep up a little bit, but I think that Richards Richardson uh, brings some a dynamic that that could lead to that happening. Um, ETN is the play. I think if you think that in, uh, Jacksonville just comes in here and rolls them, ETN is, is certainly a guy who could see 20 touches in the spot. So don't, don't mind him either. Yeah. I, I think the overall, I think the Colts have a good chance to keep this game close. Um, we saw some shootouts last year with the Colts, um, some close games. And just, I think like, I don't know. We'll talk about the Colts in just a second, but um, I think this is a really interesting like game stack in general. Um, Plus, we got Jim Bob Cooter calling plays for, um, like, they're going to throw the ball a little bit more. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, I have a ton of interest in Jacksonville. I, I Like I said, this is the game that I have circled to definitely be paying attention to, like, how involved is Calvin Ridley. But 
I mean, everything that you saw in like preseason and everything you read, like this dude is in the best shape of his life and Trevor Lawrence loves this dude. So, um, I mean, that's kind of what we're hoping for, but I mean, he's kind of priced up, which is nice. I mean, we're not, not seeing as much ownership, I think on him as if he were, you know, 5k in this spot. So, uh, Colts, 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 um, this one's tough, right? We got we know Jonathan Taylor's not going to play. We know Zach Moss is trying to play. Um, if he's out, I would assume it's Deion Jackson and Evan Hall kind of sharing the running back um, room here. Oh man, I Anthony Richardson. So I'm a Gator. I, everyone probably knows this by now. That's listening to the podcast. I watch this guy play a lot. Um, he has an incredible ceiling. His floor stinks. His his ceiling is massive. His floor stinks. I mean, how do you not like him in this spot? Um, this is a pass defense that ranked 30th in DVOA last year. They allowed the six most passing yards per game. Um, he gives you upside on the ground, especially like with the running back situation. Like he might be the goal line back. Um, yeah. So, I and Keith like we have pairings, right? Like this dude has a cannon. Like Michael Pittman is very capable of breaking a big one in this spot. Alec Pierce is, you know, capable of getting five or six catches in this spot. Um, I mean, everything kind of points to this, this spot being really good. Yeah. I think my first take in this game is if even if Zach Moss does not play, which it kind of sounds like he has a chance to play a a couple of days ago, I would have told you, I don't think he's going to play. Um, but he did practice today, um, and he was out there with the non-contact jersey, like without the non-contact jersey. So it was a full par- practice for Zach Moss. If he's playing, you don't have to worry about the running back situation at all, in my opinion. Um, if he's out, there's obviously work to go around, but I think there's going to be ownership that flows to these guys as well. So I uh, another situation that I'm looking to be underweight on, um, if we do get Deion Jackson as an expected starter at, at 4,100, I probably look to be underweight on that. Um, because of Anthony Richardson's presence. Like, Anthony Richardson is the target here. I don't even mind running this game stack with Anthony Richardson as at quarterback as the run back to, like, uh, Travis Etienne and Evan Ingram or something like that. It's a it's a very, like, non-conventional game stack, but very viable just because of the upside Richardson brings with his athleticism. He's the most, most athletic quarterback prospect we have ever seen in the history of the NFL. Um, so like if you compare him to, to like what Justin, what we, how we played Justin Fields a lot last year, just no passing upside whatsoever, but he could run for 150 yards and two touchdowns in the game. I, I feel similarly to that Anthony Richardson has that type of upside as a runner. I don't even know that I'm, I'm going to stack him at all. Um, I think I'm going to use Jacksonville skill players with Anthony Richardson is my favorite way to play him. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think this is a guy you have to pair. I mean, my favorite pairing would be Pittman for what it's worth. Um, I don't know how much of the tight end situation I want to touch. I I think I'd play Granson over Cox um, if I was going to do one of those two. Like, we know what we're getting out of Mo Cox. Like, he's going to get some work in the passing game, but he's out there to block. Um, Yeah, maybe if he catches a touchdown. I mean, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for that red zone touchdown is basically your only chance of of Allie Cox getting there. Yeah, I think you can play our AR-15 by himself, man. Um, yep. He has a big ceiling. Moving on, 
Tampa Bay at Minnesota, 45 and a half total. Minnesota, six-point favorite. Um, hot take. Very very much a hot take, I think. But I think this game has the most potential to shoot out on this slate. Um, yeah, so I'm going to let Maybe. you go first. <laughs> I'm going to let you go first, and then I'm going to tell you everything you're wrong about this game. And then, No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, what do you like here for the Bucks? I mean, I'm I'm interested in the game. I I did not have it as most likely to shoot out on the slate. Um, Baker Mayfield's price is is what we need to talk about first. Forty nine hundred. He's a capable NFL quarterback. I don't think he's even an above average starter. I don't I don't know that he will be, but we know he has upside. Um, we've seen him in the league, and and he has weapons to work with. Um, like Rashad White is talented out of the backfield. We know Mike Evans can be one of the top receivers in the NFL. And Chris Godwin is a year further removed from his his major knee injury. So Godwin at 5,900 as a volume target is somebody I really like in this spot. Um, and then, I mean, Evans as the guy who can catch two touchdowns is is in play as well. Rashad White is is a little bit more difficult for me. Um, like, I, I think I prefer either the, the wide receivers, but I you have to have interest just because this is so cheap. Like, even, even um, Evans and Godwin are – are not terribly expensive. Like we know Godwin is a guy who can have 10 receptions. We know Evans is a guy who can have two touchdowns and they're 5,900 for Godwin, 6,300 for, for Evans. Th- this Bucks offense is, is very much in play for me. I think Rashad White is a great call too. Um, so I, again, this is one of those spots where I feel like a lot of people are going to lock in on Madison because they drafted a lot of him in best ball. Um, with Dalvin Cook gone, Tampa run defense is solid, um, really solid. So Minnesota's pass defense is, was atrocious last year. Like if there's a spot that Baker Mayfield could go out and do his thing, this is the spot. Like this defense stinks. This game's inside again. Like we have a little bit of weather, not a crazy amount of weather where we like really have to like be super concerned with it overall, but. I feel like this game as a whole is just kind of being overlooked. You know, you look at some of the projected ownership, a lot of people talking about how, and I get it. Like, I understand. But, like, that game, to me, Arizona's not competing. Like, it's just that's in my head. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Um, anyway. I don't but, think you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we've, we've been wrong before. But, I mean, looking at this game as a, as a whole, again, Baker Mayfield – not the best, right? But this is a funnel defense. They want you to throw the football. Um, they don't want you to run the football. So Rashad White, he, he's someone that can catch the ball in the backfield. He has upside. But we're getting Godwin and Evans, both kind of in this like mid-tier range. They both have a ton of ceiling. Kate Otten not really competing with anybody anymore at the tight end position. Like we saw this guy when he was not competing with people, had some upside. So he's cheap. Baker Mayfield's cheap. Like this stack is just so cheap. Well, guess what? We can run back Justin Jefferson, who's one of the most expensive guys on the slate, in a cheap Tampa stack, and you're making your Jefferson teams different because Baker Mayfield, not going to be really highly owned. He's like projected for like 1% or 2% right now, um, almost everywhere. So um, love Godwin, love Evans, love Baker Mayfield because of the price. Like Baker Mayfield scores 20 Jefferson scores 30 and you get the wide receiver right for Tampa that scores the touchdown and catches the balls like wheels up you're off I mean you're off so um just overall I think this game shoots out I could be wrong Minnesota's defense is not great Tampa's defense is better 
Um, but I mean, they're missed. They're not the same defense. They have a couple pieces that left. Like this is a team that we, we might need to like call them rebuilding. Like, you know, Tom Brady's gone. They spent a lot of money to try to win with Tom Brady, not the same defense. Um, Kirk cousins is solid. He's not like this all-star quarterback, but the dude can get the ball to Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. Um, a lot of hype around Jordan Addison. I need to see it. I think KJ Osborne potential has more potential at the beginning of the year, but I, I really think it's going to be Hawkinson and Jefferson. I like Madison. I hate him in this spot. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're looking at a Tampa defense that allowed 75 rushing yards per game last year, least in the least in the NFL. Um, what are your thoughts on the Minnesota side? Yeah, it's Justin Jefferson. I mean, one of the best, the best receiver in the NFL, probably. I think he's claimed that title with his production over the last three years. Um, I'm with you on Madison. I, I, I'm not excited about this spot for them, uh, for him. Like he's like the price is okay in a better matchup. I think he would be playable in this spot. They are home favorites, but I, I kind of feel like Tampa Bay can keep, keep up here as well. Like Baker Mayfield's a, a competent quarterback and he has the weapons. That's the reason that we like the stack at, at, and not just for the price. We think they have an immense upside in this spot. So I'm, I'm not too high on Madison. I don't think it's going to be, a game where they turn it around and hand it off to him 22 times or anything. So it's Jeff Justin Jefferson for me. I think TJ Hawkinson is, is very much in play as well. We saw Minnesota kind of bring him back to life after the trade he's priced up, uh, but he has as much upside as any tight end on the slate, in my opinion, um, especially if this game environment does go as we kind of expect it to with Tampa Bay, keeping it close and Minnesota, not able to run the football, they're going to be throwing a ton. So volume should be there. I like Hawkinson. Um, on the Addison thing, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. Like he, we're not getting a discount. It's an, he's not a three K rookie in the spot. He's up to 5,100 on DK. That that's like a normal mid range price. Could he see a ton of volume? Maybe, but we know Justin Jefferson's going to see a ton of volume. Um, I like the KJ Osborne call as a pivot. Um, we saw him have a couple of big games last year as well. So it, it's obviously Jefferson, but I think mixing in a couple of extra pa other pass catchers is totally fine. Even playing two of them on the other side of your Baker Mayfield and two Tampa Bay guys, um, making this a, a five-man game stack, I think that's totally fine just because of the pricing on the Tampa Bay side. And I wouldn't be shocked if Addison has a decent game. Like, and they, they love K.J. Osborne in, like, the running game. So, I mean, like, he is a guy that – will block and you know but he does i just feel like he's gonna play more snaps um but i mean jefferson led the nfl in targets last year dude had 184 targets i, I mean you know what you're getting out of this guy um yeah he he's a beast so looking at my tampa stacks definitely going to be looking at jefferson i'll have some hawkinson um with no kelsey on this slate and andrew's kind of that guy Hawkinson's capable of monster games in close competitive games. This guy is targeted big time when he got moved over to Minnesota. So um, he was, he's a guy that I absolutely love at tight end. I think he has like potential in this offense now with no Thielen. I think Hawkinson is wide receiver two to start the season and has like the capability of being like a top three tight end at the end of the season. So um, very interested in Hawkinson. All right, fun game. I like that game a lot. I do not like this next one. It's Carolina and Atlanta, 39 and a half total. Atlanta, a three and a half point favorite in this game. Um, we'll start with Carolina. Atlanta's defense was terrible last year. Um, 
they, 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 I mean, I don't expect them to be too much better here. It's very early in the year. It's tough to say. Uh, any interest in Carolina? So, I mean, this is another dome game. I feel like I should have some interest here. A dome game in Atlanta, like you said, a terrible defense a year ago. So I feel like we should have some interest. But we have a rookie quarterback making his first ever NFL start. Uh, so many new moving pieces on this offense. Like, I just I don't really know what to expect. Um, I'm not really excited about this offense. Um, Bryce Young is probably going to be great. I don't know if he's going to be great this week. Um, it's it's a good spot on paper, but like this is a rookie quarterback in his first ever NFL start. I, I don't know how much upside he has here. Um, I'm, I'm not looking to play Bryce Young, I don't believe. If I was looking at one of his targets, uh, it's Adam Thielen for me. I know like he's been down production-wise his last couple of years in, in Minnesota. He's he's looked washed, but I think a lot of that has to do with how just how good Justin Jefferson is. Thielen is going to be the alpha in this offense, in my opinion. Um, we've seen that kind of trend throughout the preseason. Adam Thielen is wide receiver one here, and he's 4,600 against a terrible defense, potentially. Um, so I do have some interest in Thielen. I don't think I'm using Bryce Young as a stacking partner. Just just give me Thielen by himself, and I'll, I'll find a piece on Atlanta to, to correlate that way. Um, but no Carolina stacks for me. No interest in the running game. I don't think Miles Sanders is, is that good. Um, he's 5,600. So not, not even the price that I'm necessarily thrilled about. Um, it's, it's stealing only basically for Carolina. Yeah. Um, I actually have a little interest in Sanders, um, just because of how bad the Atlanta run defense was last year. My concern about this game as a whole, my concern about this game as a whole is Bijan likely going to be used. Ritter likes to run the ball as well. Atlanta doesn't throw the ball a ton. Carolina with a rookie quarterback might rely on Miles Sanders in this game a lot. Like we might just see like too many running plays to like wear this clock off and just no ceiling. Um, that's my concern. The thing about Sanders is I feel like he has a chip on his shoulder and this guy is very capable of a big game in this against this defense. So I, I have a little interest in him. Like he's like probably a guy I throw in like five, ten percent. Like nothing crazy. Um, he's projected for under five percent. So if I go five or ten percent on him, like I'm double tripling the field. So it's not like a guy that I have to play like twenty-five percent to get double the field. So I don't think his ownership changes a lot either. Um, Thielen's gonna be low owned, Shark is gonna be low owned. I just don't trust Bryce Young. I, I if I'm playing Bryce Young, it's by himself. I don't think I'm pairing with anybody. Um Atlanta side, I think Bijan is ridiculously priced. Uh, I'm just going to say it. Uh, and I know like anybody that listened to the XM shows this offseason knows that like I don't have a lot of this guy, if any, in best ball. Um, it's just like, why, he's 8K. He's 8K. Like, like why? Are, how are we playing this guy instead of paying $400 more for Eckler or $700 for McCaffrey? In a game that's going to be pretty, I mean, slow pace with a lot of running and just, I mean, he needs two touchdowns. I'm just going to say it. Like if, if Bijan doesn't score two touchdowns and rushes for a hundred yards, he probably doesn't get there at 8K. Yeah. I mean, that's correct. And the biggest concern for me is, is what Tyler Algier's role is. Like this is a guy we saw have a lot of success on a bad thousand yards yeah on a bad atlanta offense so i don't think that he's just necessarily going away which is my concern obviously Bijan has the the receiving upside as well so 
it's not that he can't pay off the price, but I, I'm with you. Like, I don't love the price. I we know what we're getting with Eckler and McCaffrey. It's it's an owner like if he's significant. We, if we roll around to Sunday morning and Bijan sitting here at five percent and Eckler and McCaffrey are up at twenty percent, maybe you could talk me into taking a couple of tournament stabs on him. But as long as ownership is somewhere in the ballpark, um, like with Bijan, like seven percent, like that's not high or anything. I'm not concerned about the ownership, but I would just much rather take the what I know in in McCaffrey and, and Eckler than waste a couple of uh, uh lineups on on Bijan like you he has to just go nuclear basically at this price tag he certainly can but I I don't think that Algier is just going to be completely worked out of this offense so what we're looking at maybe 15 rushing attempts and a couple of targets like I don't know if that's enough here so I, I'm with you on Bijan the receivers are are interesting to me a little bit um Drake London at 5400 I have a little bit of interest in and then Kyle Pitts we know he has immense upside it's it's been very inconsistent in his first couple of years here in the nfl 4500 like i'm i'm not using desmond ritter no chance but i do think that you could take some shots on on london and Pitts. i wouldn't play them together just give me one of these guys to potentially have have a big week at a pretty cheap price tag i'm, I'm fine with throwing a couple of darts there uh drake london so ritter played the last four games of the season drake london had at least eight targets in every single one of those games um so he was a different wide receiver with uh ritter at quarterback for what it's worth so um we don't know what that looks like with kyle pitts on the field because he wasn't on the field for those games but i mean you have to think like london is wide receiver one here like they're gonna get Bijan involved in the passing game too like you mentioned not like going out of my way to play like Matt Collins or Hodge or Scotty Miller and these guys. But um, if I'm playing Atlanta, it's probably London. I don't, I'm with you. I don't think I play Ritter. I like the price. He's really cheap. So I'm not saying that I won't have like a Ritter London stack, love stacking cheap quarterbacks in week one and just loading up on the guys that we know the production is going to come from. So yeah, I don't think I have much else to add on this one. Let's move on. We got Philadelphia at New England. Uh, this game is a 45 total. Philly is a three and a half point favorite. Um, I'm checking to see if this has moved. Um, I totally missed this one, by the way. Uh, they're four now. I love Philly minus four. Um, why, why is Philly only a four point? Anyway, anyway, <laughs> getting sidetracked. Um, new offensive coordinator for Philly. We should mention that. Um, he was the quarterback coach the last two years. Very much sounds like they're going to be running the same type of system. So I don't think too much will change for Philadelphia. And then Bill O'Brien is the offensive, new offensive coordinator for New England. Doesn't matter. Belichick's the man. Um, Philadelphia, any interest here in this offense? Yeah, I mean, Hertz is in the conversation with Lamar Jackson for the top quarterback on the slate. We know he has it just insane upside with his weapons at with the weapons at his disposal and his ability on the ground. Um, he's one of those dual threat quarterbacks that were basically the key to winning tournaments last, last year. Um, massive upside. This new England defense, I'm not, not scared of. Um, they, they've had some struggles against running quarterbacks in the past as well. So like this is a spot that hurts could easily rush for hundred yards we saw him score a bunch of rushing touchdowns last year. So very interested in Hertz. Obviously, I'm interested in his weapons as well then. Um, A.J. Brown, I think, is my top, my favorite target here. A guy I'm super high on this year. 
obviously coming off of, of a fantastic year last year. Devontae Smith is a guy that I never mind as a tournament a, a tournament pivot off of Brown. Um, this week, I, I it's A.J. Brown for me this week. Goddard, I'm not really sure. 5K is not a price tag I love there. Um, certainly in play just because of the overall upside of the offense. Um, but I think I'm going to try to save a little bit of money at tight end on, in most of my builds. But give, give me the Hurts to A.J. Brown stack, and I think that's that's the best way to play this one. Uh, for what it's worth, Pro Football Focus, shout out Pro Football Focus. They had um, they have A.J. Brown as one of the best like individual cornerback wide receiver matchups on slate. Um, and, nice. yeah, I mean – he's not going to get a, a ton of ownership. He'll be in that like eight to like 15% range. So easily a guy you could be like 20, 25% and feel good about it because I mean, he is hurts guy. Um, so Devontae Smith is just too expensive for me. Um, I love him as a tournament pivot all the time. I just wish he was like 6,500, like make me think about it more. Um, and I think a lot of people will say, Hey, we're just going to go hurts Smith or hurts Brown. So like, you know, contrarian wise, if you're playing that like five dollar millimaker, I mean Hertz Smith is gonna be low low owned if you like the Philly offense here. Um I don't hate Goddard. I like tight ends better than Goddard this week. I think he's fine. Um not touching the running back situation. There's five of them again. Um there's like four. Three, four. I mean, there's Scott, Penny, Gainwell, Swift. Um yeah. I think Swift has the highest ceiling if you do want to take a running back because of his passing game work that he could get here. But we have no idea who their goal line back is because it's probably Jalen Hurts. Um, just not touching the running back situation here. Like Hurts, like Brown, like Smith as a pivot. Not crazy about his price. New England side of this game, um, one of the biggest funnel defenses in the NFL. Their run defense was the best run defense in football last year. Um Philadelphia's run defense or no their pass defense was the best pass defense yeah. they had one of the worst run defenses in the league they're very funnel um I mean that works out kind of perfect for me because the guy I want to play is Stevenson um I don't want to touch the wide receivers I don't want to touch Mac Jones I don't want to touch Hunter Henry I think by the end of the season Mike Gusecki's the starting tight end in this offense um I like Stevenson I don't really know what to expect from Zeke Elliott um I still think Stevenson plays 75% of the snaps. If you if you're asking me how this works out, 70 to 75% of the stacks is snaps is Stevenson. His passing work, if they're down in this game and they're trailing, his running work, like just he has a tremendous amount of upside in close games where he's getting the rock. Um, so I, I definitely have interest in Stevenson. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in Stevenson as well. I I know the passing game role is secure uh we've seen zeke try and fail at that many times in dallas um even before tony pollard's arrival he just he was never successful in the passing game stevenson has been successful in the passing game so should be his 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 role i think that's what we're looking at here because i think philly jumps out to a massive lead i'm kind of with you the the four point spread feels a little bit short um i don't have a ton of interest in the passing game like like Parker's banged up too. He popped up on the injury report. Juju's been dealing with injuries all the time. Maybe that means I should have some interest in Kendrick Bourne at 3,300, but I just, I don't think Kendrick Bourne is very good. Um, like as a, as a tournament dart and a pivot off of some of the other cheap guys, I'm, I'm fine with that. Not something I love though. 
I have a little more interest in Hunter Henry than you do. Um, I, like without Johnu Smith, I think he f- sees the field a ton. Gesicki is not a guy I think that they'll line up in line. He's going to be more out of the slot. Maybe Gesicki is a if if Parker ends up missing this game, and I, I don't know exactly what his situation is. He just popped up on the injury report today, and it's it's Wednesday. It could mean absolutely nothing. Um, but Gesicki getting some slot work here would could be kind of interesting uh, for him as like if this game gets out of hand and New England has to turn really pass heavy. Um, that's something I'll consider as we get a little bit more information leading up to Sunday. But as of right now, I'm not very interested in, in the passing game. It's Stevenson as, as the running back play. And I'm, I'm pa- playing him as a guy in a negative game script who could, could who could catch a couple, a couple of dump offs uh, down the stretch here. Don't hate the Kendrick Bourne call um, for what it's worth, because they did, they put Thornton on the, um, IR so he's yep. not even like um active and like Bourne's competition for like wide receiver three would be probably the rookie Douglas I would have guessed um but yeah I mean if Parker doesn't play Kendrick Bourne probably slides into a starting wide receiver role and everybody would play Juju and I mean are they really gonna line Juju up on the outside I don't think so so maybe Bourne has a little bit of upside in this spot if Parker misses um don't hate that all right so we got Vegas and Denver in Denver 44 total in this game uh Denver a four-point favorite um let's talk about it right let's go Vegas first um any interest here in the Raiders I mean going into Denver is is never an easy spot and I just I don't have a ton of conviction on this Raiders offense obviously Jacobs missed the entire preseason with the contract holdout new quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo like I think I need to see it and I need to, I need a much better spot than at Denver. Um, I don't think Denver's defense is necessarily elite, but just going into altitude this early in the season, it's, it's not the best spot. I'm I'm not very excited to play, play Las Vegas. I mean, don't get me wrong. Devontae Adams can always do his thing, but I, I, I'm going to want as much Tyreek and as much Justin Jefferson as I can fit in this week. I, I like both of their spots. I don't love this spot for, for Devontae Adams. I don't think I'm playing Josh Jacobs coming off the contract holdout, so I'm I'm probably mostly out on the Raiders here. Um, so I think Denver is going to be up in this game, for what it's worth. Um, I think Russell Wilson's going to have a bounce back year. I hope. Um, very invested in in Judy and Sutton and best balls. Um, I just kind of expecting a lot out of Denver this year. I don't know why. Um, maybe Sean Payton <laughs> makes a difference. <laughs> Um, I, Sean Payton doesn't hurt, right? Like the guy, he he proved. I mean, Drew Brees was—he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but uh, Russ is Russ was never terrible. He just had a bad year. Uh, as far as the Raiders go, um, I, obviously I'm going to play some Adams. He's under 8K. Uh, he's cheaper than like these elite guys. You're going to get into builds where you like end up like right under chase. Um, and you're like, all right, well, I gotta, I gotta get off of Allen and, and AJ Brown a little bit. So I think Adams will make some builds for me. Nothing crazy amount. I'll be honest with you. Um, I'll probably play some Myers in this game. Um, just as a cheap wide receiver to Denver, they double team sometimes. And we could see Devonte get double teamed in this game. Jacoby Myers should be wide receiver too. He proved himself with new England. They brought him in. I mean, Hunter Renfro is Hunter Renfro. We know exactly what we're getting out of Hunter Renfro. Um, I think Myers has a higher ceiling than Renfro. So I prefer Myers here. Um, so I'll, I'll take some shots on Jacoby Myers. 
I don't think I'll take shots on Hooper just because like Mayer is there too. And like they could work in Michael Mayer a little bit more than Hooper. So it's Adams, it's Myers. I'm not, I'm with you. I'm not playing Jacobs. I'm probably not playing Jimmy G either in this game. I will play some Russ. Kind of one of the reasons that I, I will have some Adams Myers is because I will play some Russ. Um, let's talk about the Denver side. Obviously. Hey, Sean Payton. Um, if you haven't heard for some odd reason, he's coaching for Denver this year. Um, Jerry Judy hamstring injury. I mean, everything I've read is he's like 65 to like 75% running. Um, I highly doubt he plays this game for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, I think we're looking at cheap Sutton. I think we're looking at cheap Marvin Mil- Mims and um, Dolchich for the tight end position. We know how much Sean Tate, Sean Payton utilized his tight ends in New Orleans. Dolchich is not a bad tight end by any means. Um, he got a, he eight plus targets in three of the last four games last year. Like they, they were building something up with them. Um, I like him as a cheap tight end. So talk to me here, Keith. Um, am I crazy for liking Denver in this game? No, I don't think you're crazy at all. This Las Vegas defense has, has struggled for years. Um, I I'm with you on a, on a bounce back season for Russell Wilson. Um, just a bad situation with the, the head coach and everything there last year, never got off on the right foot and never recovered as the season went along. Sean Payton is a proven head coach in this league for many, many years. Um, much better situation here for, for Russell Wilson, obviously being without Jerry Judy in the, in the first game, I, I fully expect Judy misses this one as well. Like hamstrings are, are really tough, especially for wide receivers and, and running backs. So don't expect to see Judy in this one. That means Cortland Sutton is is way too cheap. Way too cheap. We could see a massive target share for him here um, against a bad Las Vegas defense. So I'm, I'm very much into Cortland Sutton. I think the ownership number on him continues to rise as we get towards Sunday. Where it eventually lands um, will matter on on how big of a stance I take on him. But I, I do really like this spot for him. Marvin Mims is certainly a guy at, at minimum price you can play. Um, high draft pick, very talented guy um, out of Oklahoma, I believe, speedster. Um, if, if Russ could find his deep ball again, I, I could certainly see him putting up a big game. Um, and I love the Dulcich call as well. Uh, 4K tight end. We've seen him with, with some big receiving games. Um, he, he has those skills. I'm just I'm not scared of this Las Vegas defense at all. With, with better quarterback play and better coaching, I, I'm – think this Denver offense is competent. The one thing I know I'm not touching is is the running back situation. Javante Williams coming off of a major injury. Uh Samaj P. Ryan is going to have a massive role in this offense. Like I'm I'm just not messing with the running backs at all here. I'd play Piron before I'd play Williams. For what I'm worth. with you there. Yep. Um just I mean ownership and upside. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Dude, I like Wilson. I like Wilson way more than I did before we started the podcast, like everything I like am thinking about here, like Vegas is, they were terrible against the pass last year. They allowed a ton of passing yards per game. Um, I think, I think what, like look at his last, like three of his last four games to end last year, he put up over 24 fantasy points in three of his last four games last year. 
and had some tougher like he played Kansas City twice and I I mean obviously like that's an offense that's going to get a little bit more shootout but um yeah I mean yeah, it's such an interesting, interesting spot. So free rolls has an interesting question here in the, the chat that I just want to address just so that we're all on the same page. Um, he says, isn't Dolchitz Dolchitz second on the depth chart? Yes, he is. They but use he is, Troutman to block. Exactly. Troutman is the blocking tight end. He's going to be out there on, on running downs. Uh, Dolchitz is the pass catcher. He's the guy that we want for fantasy. Yeah. Um, the, the depth chart does not matter in this situation. So just want to make sure that was clear. Yeah, great question. I mean, that's a fantastic question. But yeah, <laughs> the guy we want to play in fantasy, depending on, doesn't matter what the depth chart says, um, is Dolchich there. So, all right, the game of the week. I'm going to call it the game of the week. Uh, it's not because of my hat, but um, <laughs> it is the game of the week. We got Miami at LA taking on the Chargers. Um, you won't find me on Sunday afternoon. I'll be watching the race and the football game um, for sure. 50 and a half total in this game. Chargers a three point favorites. Um, dude, give me give me all the Tyree kill. Um, give me all the Jalen Waddle. They're not competing with anybody. Um, Braxton Barrios is not going to get target a ton of targets. Smythe is more of a pass blocking tight end. Tyler Croft is not going to be very involved. Um, dude, give me give me all the Tyree kill and Waddle. I, I mean, I'll play some Tua because when Tua was healthy last year. He had massive ceiling. Um, we saw him put up 40-plus fantasy points against Baltimore in week two last year. He get a massive game against Detroit at one point last year. When the dude was healthy, he hit Hill. He hit Waddle. Uh, this is just one of those like really condensed offenses where you know where the production's going to go. Um, yeah, sign me up for the Dolphins this week. Yeah, completely on board with you there. Um, hopefully Tua can stay healthy this year. Just horrible situation last year with him should be healthy now after the off season. Hopefully they can keep him protected. Um, and he, he learns to protect himself a little bit better, but we know this offense with the speedsters, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle can put up points with the best of them. And like you said, it is so, so condensed that we know exactly how to play it. It's very easy. You just, you play Tua and you play Tyreek and you play Waddle. You just play all three of them together. If Miami scores the most points on the slate, you know that you have just a massive uh, score from those three. Like the only other dynamic to this is, do I want to play some Raheem Mostert? Uh, with Jeff Wilson out, I think that he could have a pretty big role here. Um, A-Chain certainly has potential as like a, a pass catching back and, and somebody who could work into the the offense a little bit. But I mean, a, a rookie in his first game, I don't think he's going to have a massive role here. Mostert could see a ton of touches in the spot. The, the Chargers run defense hasn't been great. So that that's my only hesitation here is do they try to get Mostert established? But really, the, I'm with you. The, the the entire interest, the majority of the interest at least, is in Tyreek and Waddle with Tua. I would say like uh, Achain, he's going to be someone that's involved in like the passing game. Um, they The Dolphins are just built around speed. They have three really fast guys. Um, with Tua getting the ball out as fast as he gets the ball out as well, like just so much ceiling and like the Chargers side, like that's the, that's the beauty of this game. You know, on both sides of the ball, who you want to play um, because you go to the Chargers side of this game. Yeah. We want to play some Herbert like this. I mean, Miami's pass defense should be better this year, but they struggled a lot last year. Um, but yeah, Herbert Eckler, Allen Williams. I think Quentin Johnston has potential. I do, but 
Keenan Allen is the guy. Until Keenan Allen is not wearing a Chargers uniform for me, he is the guy I want to play for eight plus targets, getting involved every single week. Like just the the Herbert Allen connection is just it's just too good not to have interest in. Mike Williams is too cheap for his ceiling. Um, Everett has some upside at tight end. Like, you know who exactly exactly who you want to stack. Like, when you're building out 10, 15, 20 stacks for this game, you know exactly the group of players you want to use. Yeah, I mean, an- another just high-volume offense here in a game that it's the highest total of the week. Should be pr- pretty close. Like, both offenses are explosive. Um, a lot of big play potential in this one. That's what speeds up football games and allows us to get those massive totals. Um, I could see this one flying over the 50-point total pretty easily here. Just a, a lot of big playmakers on both sides. Um, Eckler is my favorite target here on the Chargers side. He's my my favorite running back of the week. Um, like he just, he does everything. He catches passes. He, he gets enough of the rushing attempts and he he has generally had the, the goal, goal line role as well over the last couple of years. So um, I don't see that changing. Um, love Herbert and, and Allen would be my favorite stacking partner, but definitely want to play some Mike Williams. Don't even mind the, the Gerald Everett call as well. Um, like the double stack, I think the the Allen and Everett double stack is probably my favorite pairing with Herbert. Um, I, I don't even mind using a little bit of Eckler with Herbert. That does get a little expensive if you're trying to include Keenan Allen in that as well. But I think the, that there's enough upside in this type of game environment that I, that I will do that at, at least once. Um question in chat one of the best parts about having youtube live is we get questions as we're going and i think this is a great question is eckler the leverage play in this game at his price i honestly think early week right now allen is the is the leverage like he's not getting a ton of ownership and i think it has a lot to do with like mike williams just being too cheap yeah i I kind of i agree with that i think eckler is the guy that gets steamed if anybody gets pushed up towards the end of the week i think eckler is the guy who's gonna gonna gain some popularity um he just does so much he has such an awesome role here there's nobody behind him like we're not worried that josh kelly's taking work or anything like that eckler's gonna have his same role and it's an elite role um so yeah i i agree i think eckler is the guy that that could possibly get steamed and the passing game would be the, the leverage play Green Bay at Chicago, 43 and a half total. Chicago, a one point favorite in this game. Um, one and a half now. So it's moved a little bit. Uh, let's go, Green Bay. Man, um, Keith, this is one of those offenses that I'm really struggling with this week. I, I, I really think like Aaron Jones is a really fair price tag, and he has a lot of upside in this matchup. Um, Watson popped up on the injury report like he didn't practice with a hamstring injury Dobbs is hurt as well like this is a tough one um because like behind Dobbs and Watson you got like three young guys you don't have like a high-end tight end uh, Musgrave I think will get some ownership this week uh just because he's so cheap and with Watson and Dobbs both banged up I think Luke Musgrave probably like the chalky tight end early in the week so far Aaron Jones is where I keep coming back to. Um, I worry about AJ Dillon's role, but Aaron Jones is where I keep coming back to here. I love the Aaron Jones call. Um, Watson on the injury report with a hamstring Dobbs, same thing. Uh, Musgrave, the chalky tight end option. I want, I want no part of any of those three, but I also know being a bears fan that the Chicago defense sucks. 
So I, <laughs> I think I want some exposure to Green Bay. Um, I'm not sure that Jordan Love is good either. So it was already hesitation with the passing game. Aaron Jones should still be heavily involved. Uh, he's a very good receiver out of the backfield. So if they're dealing with with injuries at the wide receiver position, that's that just further increases his his pass catching upside. So I love the spot for Aaron Jones. I think that's a fantastic call. Um, I, I expect the Chicago defense to be improved over what the abomination that we saw last season, but it's, I still don't think it's a, a top half of the league type defense. Like they're, they're still going to struggle on, on defense. They're a very young unit. Um, just, I don't have much faith in the Chicago defense. So I think Aaron Jones could have a big day here. The passing game is just, there's too much uncertainty with the injuries at wide receiver and the, the popularity of Musgrave. So if I was playing a receiver, I think Jaden Reed might be just my tournament dart throw at 3K. If, if Watson and, and Dubs are on a pitch count, or even if they end up sitting, um, Reed is, a, a I think he was a third-round pick, so a guy with a solid pedigree, minimum price, I'd take a shot there, but definitely not using Love. As, definitely not stacking with Love. He would just be more of a run back on the other side of Justin Fields. Yeah, Reed, uh, second-round pick, but... Um... Yep. Very, very much, very much so. Like if, I, like I have interest in Watson if he plays, I do. Um, but if he's out, Reed becomes really interesting at three K. Like I think a lot of people will go to Musgrave. I think ownership for Reed will go up for what it's worth if um, it does happen. But yeah, Dobbs and Watson being banged up. Like even if they play, I might throw a couple tournament darts on Jaden Reed just because like hamstring, like a hamstring injury for Watson and. I think Dobbs was a hamstring injury as well. Like those are easy yep. flare-up injuries. Um, yep. and this dude would be 3K. Like he could go out and score zero and you know, anything. And but it's not like those guys were pictures of health last year either. They both of yeah. them struggled with injuries all last season. So I, I am very concerned about about both of them. I, I like the the read play. Uh Bears. I mean, Justin Fields. Um, I mean, I don't have a bad thing to say about him in this spot. I will say that I have a ton of interest in Herbert. I know a lot of people will talk about Fields. I think Herbert's an excellent pivot. Fields is another one of those quarterbacks we talk about that you can play by himself. You don't necessarily have to stack him with anybody. Like, I, I know they brought in like DJ Moore. We want DJ Moore to be a thing. Um, we want Fields to throw more. But honestly, like, we played Justin Fields because of his scramble ability. Like this was like the most scramble yards we've seen since I was reading about it. I think it was like 2004, like Michael Vick Atlanta. Like, so we play fields for his like scramble ability. He has a bunch of upside. I mean, if I was going to pair him with anybody, it'd be DJ Moore. Um, but I like Herbert as a pivot off of fields too. I think that kind of a road paved for him to be the guy. Like I don't expect Foreman to get, more than like 30 35 percent of the snaps i expect herbert to be the guy stevie dj moore is gonna be a thing okay <laughs> <laughs> um no in all seriousness i i think that like they dj moore is a guy they traded for the number one overall pick like they traded the number one overall pick for them for him obviously they got a, a high draft pack trap draft pick back in last year's draft and in next year's draft with that so he wasn't the only piece in that trade but he was a significant reason of why they traded out of the number one pick in the draft. He is the explosive weapon that the Chicago offense has been missing for as long as I have been alive, basically. Um, <laughs> like he he's just the piece that they are bringing in to try to elevate fields passing potential. Um, I think that they 
that they are going to scheme up plays for him early. He's going to be heavily involved. It would not surprise me if he caught eight to 12 balls in, in this game. Like I just, I think they are going to try to feature DJ Moore early and often in this spot. So I, I love DJ Moore. Um, I'm, I'm very high on this offense overall. I'm concerned a little bit about how much fields runs this season. I mean, and we're comparing this to last year, which is one of the greatest quarterback rushing seasons of all time. He's still going to run a little bit regardless. I'm just not sure you're going to see any more of those 150 yard outbursts from him where he had like 15 rushing attempts and things like that. Like he's still going to run. I'm just, I'm concerned they're going to try to keep him in the pocket as often as possible. Um, but with the offensive line that, that may not be possible. He may end up just taking off all the time as well. Um, I, I have more um, hope for him as a passer, I guess. And and that's how he kind of takes that next step forward, similar to what we saw from Jalen Hurts last year. Um, so I, I do want to stack him if, if I'm playing him. Uh, just like he's 7,700. He's not the, the cheapest play in the world. He's quite pricey, in fact. Um, so I want at least one. I like Moore is certainly the guy. I think Cole Komet can have a nice role in this offense as well. Um, we saw him start to come on at the end of last year a little bit. Uh, I think he has a lot of touchdown upside in this spot. And then Darnell Mooney is a guy that we know can can break it as well. So I don't I don't know that you need to double stack fields just because of that rushing upside. Like you probably just need to pick one of these guys, but all three of those are in play. And then another great call from you, Khalil Herbert is too cheap. And I kind of expect him to be to dominate the touches early in the season here as well. The one thing I am concerned about is the goal goal line role. I feel like Foreman could hold the goal line role early in the season. Um, but Herbert, that's kind of baked into Herbert's price at 5,300. Um, but I I'm with you. I do expect Herbert to be the clear lead running back here. It's just the, the goal line stuff is my only concern there. All right. We finish out. Yes. Week one, finishing it out with the Rams and Seahawks 45 and a half total Seattle, a five and a half point favorite in this game. Mike LaFleur, new offensive coordinator for the Rams should not matter. McVay will likely still call plays. Um, no Cooper cup. You know, we, we the biggest injury news on the slate is the last game we talk about. Um, big news, huge news. Um, you know, obviously Cooper Cup um, got hurt last year. We have kind of a sample size what to expect here with no Cooper Cup. We want to see him back. Um, just an absolute beast. I mean, Van Jefferson um, slides into a higher role. Tyler Higby might be my favorite tight end play on the entire slate. Um, this game's going to be scoring. Like, they're going to score. Both sides of this game, Matthew Stafford healthy. Tyler Higby is a very big target of Matthew Stafford, especially with Cooper Cup off the field. Cam Akers, really low owned. Like, we're getting options in this game that we probably see the ownership shift a little bit. I think Van Jefferson kind of, we haven't projected for like 5%. I think he probably ends up closer to projected ownership around 15%, maybe even a little bit more. He's so cheap, no Cooper Cup. What are your thoughts here on the Rams? Yeah, this was a game that that I was really hoping to target um, before Cooper Cup was announced out. That that changes things a little bit. I am very concerned about the Rams' ability to keep this game close. Um, there's just there's not a lot to love in this wide receiver room. Van Jefferson is a guy that we've been trying to make work for a couple of years on the other side of, of Cup, and he just hasn't shown a ton here. Um, he's really cheap, and he should have some like a, a pretty massive role here in this spot. So. He's in play. If that ownership starts to creep up, he's probably a guy I'll end up underweight on. 
Um, I love the Tyler Higby call as a pivot, a guy that we've seen have a massive role when Cooper Cup misses in the past. So I, I'm right there with you on, on Tyler Higby. Love this spot for him. And I'm fine taking some shots on these cheaper Rams wide receivers as well. Um, not necessarily as stacking partners with Stafford, more as runbacks for my Seattle stuff. Um, Tutu Atwell is, is minimum price, and Puka Nakua, the, the rookie, is also minimum price. I think you could take shots on either of those guys. Nakua, they're, they're super excited about. And Atwell is a guy that we saw them scheme up plays for at the end of last season. Uh, very fast guy, very small, gadgety type. Um, but but guys who should have specific plays drawn up for him. So don't mind either of those guys as a cheap running back on uh, or cheap run back on the other side of Seattle stuff. Yeah, I was trying to remember, did we get um, Cooper Cup got hurt in week 10 and Stafford got hurt in week 11? Did we get Atwell Stafford week thir- week 11? Maybe, yeah, week 11. He had one catch for 62 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> so um, no no real sample size to go off of with Atwell, but no Cooper Cup, Stafford back. I definitely like that call. Um, I prefer him over the rookie just because we kind of know we're, what we're getting. We want Van Jefferson to work, but I really think like wide receiver one is going to be Tyler Higby. I think he's the guy. Um, I'm with you there. Like he's probably going to be – I don't play cash games, but I, I make a main lineup to do like single entry stuff. He'll probably be my tight end in my main lineup this week. So – uh, Seattle side of this one. I mean, this is one of the reasons that I have a ton of interest in Tyler Higby. I expect the Rams to be down in this game. I expect Seattle to play um, a good football game here. Like DK Metcalf, Tyler uh, Lockett, uh, Jigba, like Noah Fant at tight end. Like Geno Smith kind of proved everybody wrong last year. Um, did his thing. Had a had a fantastic year. Threw for like 4,530 plus touchdowns. Like what are your thoughts on the Seahawks here? Yeah, this should be a really exciting offense because they're like they have a ton of weapons. Um, like you said, Smith and Jigba looked like he might miss week one. They said he he's looking like he's going to play now. So, like Gino has a ton of weapons here. It it might be difficult to parse out as as the season goes along. I think early in the season here, I feel pretty confident it's it's still going to be DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett leading the charge here. Um, so if I'm if I'm stacking Gino. That's probably the two I'm looking at. Um, I have a, a lot of interest in Kenneth Walker as well. I know he dealt with a, a preseason injury, but the, like this Rams defense is just horrendous outside of like Aaron Donald is obviously amazing, but they have lost pretty much everybody else. They traded away Jalen Ramsey. Uh, they cut Bobby Wagner and uh, they let Leonard Floyd go in free agency. Like they've just, they've lost a ton of pieces it's like we saw this version of the Rams offense at the end or defense at the, at the end of last season. It's just, it's atrocious. So I think Seattle has as much upside as anyone on the slate. I, I'm a little concerned about the Rams keeping it close and pushing Seattle in this spot, which is part of why I want to play a little bit of Walker as well. Um, but I, I will have some, some Geno double stacks as well. Yep. Um, I think another way you could potentially play this game is Walker Seattle defense for yeah. what it's worth. Love the Seattle defense. Uh, tournament defense. I think. I think there's better like main cash game. Yeah, I mean defense. Washington is going to be the chalk defense for sure. Like they're facing Josh Dobbs and a, and a pretty much incompetent Arizona team. All right, we've done it. We've gone game by game. Let's play the morning grind game. Um, we do ten questions for the morning grind game for new listeners, and if you haven't listened to the NFL show before. 
we we have a deeper NFL uh, morning grind game. I crushed Keith last year. It was like I think I won sixteen of the eighteen weeks. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's not <laughs> And first of all, did you actually keep track? No. I know I never keep track. Everyone always asks me, "Do you keep track?" And I always say, "I don't. Um, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. I write it down. So like, if I if I wanted to go back and like actually look and like see, I could." never gonna do that Let's, <laughs> yeah, uh, i was gonna say i just pulled up my spreadsheet like when i started research for this late i i pulled up the spreadsheet that i used from last year so i have i have receipts here if you want to yeah. go back and oh do i do too i well i mean i have to find <laughs> i'd have to find the notebook i used last football season i usually start a new notebook because i burned through a whole notebook um anyway i am still a pen and paper guy when it comes to like taking notes and stuff so there you go all right, uh, quarterback for 300-plus passing yards. Who do you got? Give me Tua in a shootout with Justin Her- Herbert. I think Herbert's going to be the more popular side of this, uh, and I like the Dolphin side just as much. Yeah, I, I like that. I'm going to go to Mr. Flow himself. Give me Trevor Lawrence. Um, that love beautiful it. hair. It's just it's He's going to throw the ball over Indy. Again, I love the fact that the game's on the turf. I think it's an overlooked thing um, that we're no, no, not talking enough about. Uh, low owned running back for a touchdown. Again, it's Wednesday night. Uh, ownership will definitely shift throughout the week, but give me a, a low owned running back as of right now uh, to score a touchdown this week. Give me J.K. Dobbins. Uh, love this matchup against Houston. People a little bit concerned about Gus Edwards there, but Dobbins getting further and further away from that knee injury. I, I expect big things for him this season. Even if Baltimore's throwing a little bit more this season, I don't think they're going to need to in this game. So Dobbins should have a, a monster here. like that call. I'm going to go Joe Mixon, guy we talked about way, way back, um, like an hour and a half ago. But I like Mixon this week. Um, I think that Cleveland run defense is not good. Um, so Mixon's in a really solid, like, sneaky spot this week. Give me a quarterback wide receiver stack for uh touchdowns. I thought this one was going to be a little bit sneaky, but you were all over it as well. I absolutely love this spot for the Saints against the Tennessee Titans, and I have very little doubt that Chris Olave is the alpha in this offense. Give me Derek Carr to Chris Olave. I like it. Um, I did like I did write down Carr Olave. So I was looking at my my so I have two notebooks. I have a one that I take like all my notes in, and then like I start writing out like stuff I really like and it's down on the ground. Um another one that I wrote down was Mayfield and Godwin. So I'll I'll go with that one. I like that one too. Um could easily be Evans. That's the the beautiful thing about Tampa. You don't know who's gonna score the touchdowns, but um <laughs> I like that one. Wide receiver for eight plus targets. Um, we try not to go too heavy on the top guys here. Uh, give me someone you like to get eight plus targets. Give me Amari Cooper against the Cincinnati Bengals. I think Cleveland's going to be down in this game. I expect Deshaun Watson to play better this season uh, and Amari Cooper to have a monster role in this Cleveland offense. I like that. Um, I think Indy's going to be trailing a lot this week in this Jacksonville game. So give me Pittman. Um, to get eight plus targets this week i feel like richardson's gonna lock in on somebody and i feel like Pittman's just kind of the guy that's there uh tight end for a touchdown who's scoring a touchdown this week at tight end you just talked about him tyler higby i mean no cooper cup like he could see 12 targets in this game no joke um there's just the, a lot of their other wide receivers are really small uh so higby should have a massive red zone role as well love tyler higby in the spot 
Yep, like I said, um, one of my favorite tight end plays this week for sure. Um, I'm going to go Greg Dolchich for Denver. Um, again, we know how much Sean Payton schemed Jimmy Graham for tight end red red zone work. I think that this guy's sneaky. Definitely someone I'm going to be targeting a lot in, tight, in um, tournaments this week. So give me Dolchich. Um, fun question. I'm going to rule out and I'm not even going to let anybody come close to answering this question with Washington. Uh, give me a defense to score 10 plus points. That's not Washington. Yeah, I think taking Washington out of this is very fair this week. Uh, give me the Seattle Seahawks against the Rams. Like, no Cooper Cup is a massive deal. I still like their potential because Stafford's a capable quarterback. There's some some playmakers on this offense, but I think that just having no Cup is gonna gonna cause the offense some problems. Um, I'm gonna go Atlanta. I think that young quarterback, um, if they get down in this game, he just tries to force something and a big play. So. Um... Yeah, going to go Atlanta. Now we shift the show to or the game to betting and fantasy pick them. Give me a against the spread or money line bet that you like here on a Wednesday night. So I originally liked the over in this game until Green Bay's over doesn't count. No, no, I'm getting there. Okay, I'm getting there. (laughs) I, I, I originally liked the over here until the receivers for Green Bay popped up on the on the injury report. Now that Watson and Dobbs are kind of banged up. I just feel like Chicago minus one, it's moving to minus one and a half in a lot of spots already. Uh, but I, I really like the Bears uh, to beat the Packers and I like them to beat them pretty big. Yeah, I was gonna, I was just messing with you. <laughs> I, I know you have the list in front of you, so I like messing with you. Uh, give me Washington minus seven. Uh, this is a money line bet that I've seen a lot of people, or not yeah. money line against the spread bet that I've seen a lot of people. Um, take this week and i'm right there with them i also like new orleans minus three i think that that line is super fair uh i just don't expect tennessee to be as good so i like the new orleans minus three line as well i just like the washington minus seven line a lot more um give me an over under bet that you like this week so i'm i'm concerned about this one um but i i think new england is going to have a lot of trouble keeping up um i like new uh philly at new england philly being on the road is certainly playing a factor here Philly is also a team that we saw take their foot off the gas a ton in the second half of games. Like they would, get, they'd be up twenty-eight nothing at halftime, and then they they would finish the game with a couple of field goals in the second half. So Philly at New England under forty-five. Um, Philly could definitely go out there and just score forty-five by themselves, but I think New England has New England struggles to keep up in this one, and then Philly slows down in the second half, like we saw a bunch last year. All right, I'm going to go to New Orleans, and I got New Orleans over 41 and a half in this game. I think that New Orleans is going to score. I think Tennessee, hopefully they can keep up a little bit um, in this game, but I think this line's just a little low. Um, 41 and a half seemed like it was a lot. I also have an under. This is just a show of giving this week. Um, I like the under of Kansas or uh, Cleveland, Cincinnati. It's 47 and a half. We know how good Cincinnati can be but it just seems really high for this game. So um, that one jumped off the page to me earlier this week. So there you go. Um, shifting gears now to um, player props. Give me a player prop that you like this week. Give me Calvin Ridley over 59 and a half receiving yards. Just uh, I think it's minus 115. I'm about 365 is where I saw that one right before the show. Um, love this spot for Calvin Ridley. I think he plays a major role in this highly explosive offense. Um, takes over that alpha role that kind of Kirk and Zay Jones split a little bit last year. Calvin Ridley, the most talented receiver on this team. 
love him over 59 and a half this week. On fantasy pick'em sites, he's 62 and a half on most of them. Um, and I think that's still very doable. Um, Dobbs under two and a two and two hundred and ten and a half um passing yards was mine. I love the under on this one. Yeah. Um played, I think he started two games last year, hit the under on one of these two. I just I mean, I don't like this spot at all. So <laughs> uh, I don't need to get into it too much. Um, but yeah, I like Dobbs under two, ten and a half. Uh, I was looking at on scores and odds, we have um, where you can kind of see like props and like it gives a percentage of like it hitting and stuff and just, yeah. Woo. All right, let's go to the pick em side. We finished it out with a fantasy pick and play that we like. We switched the game up this year. Um, last year, we kind of tried to just do prize picks, but with so many awesome pick em sites popping up, um, anyone that you want, Keith, what do you got? I'm sticking with prize picks. Um, I didn't check his line on underdog or uh, sleeper or anything like that for this one, but I I did notice DJ Moore was a yard shorter than on the sports books, 48 and a half on the books, 47 and a half uh, on prize picks. So give me DJ Moore over 47 and a half. I, I just, I think they scheme a ton of plays to this guy. Um, we saw the big screen pass in the, in the preseason. I could see something very similar to that. We could see a deep ball to him. There's just, there, he's going to get so many chances in this game. 47 and a half, way too low of a number for DJ Moore. There you go. Um, more than 47 and a half for DJ Moore. I'm going to go to underdog and I'm going to go Chris Alave higher than four and a half receptions um, on underdog. Uh, we've already kind of talked about it. A lot throughout the show, but we kind of expect Derek Carr to lock in on somebody, and I, I think we we all kind of expect that to be uh, Alave. So give me Alave more or higher on underdog, higher than four and a half receptions. Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Football is back. It's officially it here now. The content is in full swing, so make sure you're checking. I mean, we do so much stuff here on Rotor Grinders. Make sure you're checking out everything else, uh, but Great show. Glad to be back for uh, the 23 season here. Should be a, a, a great season. Really excited about it. Sunday morning, 930. We got Dean, Bobby, and Tim. 11 o'clock final GPP takes with Eric and Squirrel. Uh, that show is going to be phenomenal if you're a tournament player. Those two guys are two of the best in the business. Squirrel, absolutely crushing. Crunch time on Sunday mornings with TJ, Christy, and Andre. And then SiriusXM from 6 to 9 with Vime 4 and Beer Makers fans. So a lot of the great content, like Keith said. A lot of free content, like the Discord. Get in the Discord. We are all trying to be more active, answering questions and stuff in the Discord. So get in the Rotor Grinders Discord. The NFL channel is free. Come hang out with us. Come talk. I'm always in Discord. Um, so if you ever have a question, feel free to do that. Make sure you subscribe to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind YouTube page. That's all the housekeeping. I hope everyone has a fantastic week one and we'll be back next week for week two. Have a good one.